We are back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff, live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. Joining us now is Jeff Kirkshin. You can hear him over on 1027 The Coyote in the mornings. We are pulling him away from his own morning show right now to talk to us because he was calling the celebrity softball game with his father, Tim Kirkshin, last night. Jeff, how are you this morning? Hey, Jeff. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, Wow, what a turnaround. I was in Denver a moment ago. Now I'm back in Vegas on Coyote Country and talking to you guys. Yeah. I've got to ask you. I know. I know. Dad said this at the beginning of the show. It was like, uh, I'm. I'm going to have pop culture of you. No one believed that, obviously. Of all the pop culture out there, the TikTokers, the social media people, all that percentage, Dad knew any of them? Zero. <laughs> the percentage is zero. Um, and there's no doubt about it. And when ESPN actually asked me and my dad to do this, he called me and said. I'm nervous. And I said, why are you nervous, Dad? It's going to be great. We've done – I've had him on my show before. I've been on baseball tonight before as, you know, a guest. And I said, Dad, it's going to be great. He says, I have no idea who any of these people are. In fact, quite a few years ago when the All-Star Game was in Miami, uh, former ESPN employee Ad Nanberg actually introduced Pitbull. We all know Pitbull, Mr. 305, Mr. Worldwide, to my dad by saying, hey, Pitbull. This is Tim Kirchner. He's your biggest fan. I've like, never heard one Pitbull song in his life. And, uh, but I think that's kind of what made the comedy of it. And I, I, I credit ESPN a lot because I'm sure there were a lot of dads and sons at home watching with the dads asking, who the hell is this? <laughs> and so that's kind of what we were, we were going for. And it ended up being what I thought to be a really fun a really fun night, and I'm I'm so glad I got a chance to do it. Well, obviously you're in my house because I'm raising my hand because I looked at my daughter. I said, "Who the hell is this?" Because <laughs> I had the 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 TikTokers. Don't you think it's amazing though? It is it is amazing. I mean, and good for them. And we hear about the LSU girls going to make all this money on name, image, likeness. She's got five million followers. I mean, we make fun of it, but these kids have done really well for themselves. Really, just being influencers. Yeah, you know, it, it, I don't know if it's the right lesson to be teaching our kids. You know, I <laughs> how old like are you, Jeff? Here. What are you I talking know, right? about? <laughs> but you know, you even you know, Tyler, you even look at you. I mean, I know I've known you for about three and a half, four years, and and you've been hustling. I mean, you're out there, you're writing, you're on social media, you're working hard, and now you're doing your show here, which you guys do an awesome job. And 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 you've worked hard for your success. I like to He's, think I've done the same. And to just dance in front of your camera and immediately have success. Well, I mean, I guess it is Las Vegas. Maybe I shouldn't cross too much judgment dancing because you can make a lot more money than we do in radio. That's for sure. But you know, I, I do think there's an enormous sense of hustle. And I got talking with some of these influencers and the amount of video editing, the amount of of you know time effort and 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 concentration they spend on us it sounds silly but yeah you know to cut through all of the noise of all of the dancers and the influencers and everything it takes a lot and they they seem to be at the top of their game right now crazy enough uh i do have a big complaint about the celebrity softball game how come nobody on the field can just catch a pop fly that's the way you win in celebrity <laughs> softball, I've learned. I guess nobody nobody grew up playing baseball like we all did, saying, mine, mine, I got it, I got it, because nobody could figure it out. However, I will say, in their defense, you know, it's hard to judge a pop fly. It's hard. How many times have you played in a softball game where the first thing you do is take two steps in when it's really about 40 steps over your 
head because it's just hard to judge, especially in a stadium as big as Coors Field. But, man, there were more errors than runs scored last <laughs> night, and there were over 30 <laughs> runs scored. So that's saying something. I, uh, I, it's very rarely will I feel sorry for any in slavery softball. Like you said, they're out there. They try your best, and it's all fine. Karamu Brown, though, I had to walk away saying, oh, my goodness, this poor guy. At one point, and I'm sure you remember it, he goes for the pop fly, and you want to yell to the screen, you're not supposed to drop your glove before you try to catch it. And I think he actually dropped his glove, which was a little bizarre. Yeah, he thought to himself, and I talked to him afterwards, that he would have a better chance catching it barehanded than with a glove. I said, why do you think the gloves were invented? <laughs> for a better chance of catching the ball. Now, I will give him credit. He did make a bit of a comeback. He had he had a catch in foul territory on the third base side, and he also hit quite a, a, a double to left center field. Okay, and so he he kind of turned it around. He was really happy about that. But I mean, you know, in a five inning game, and your line is one for two, five errors <laughs> committed. I don't know if you did much for your team there. Uh, do you feel better about yourself that one of the greatest athletes in this country, in DK Metcalf, that you're a better hitter than him? Uh, I think that's that is a compliment that I will wear on my sleeve. It's on my LinkedIn profile and my resume already. Better hitter than DK Metcalf. He struck um, out just twice. Hitter. I I didn't want to say anything other than hitter because maybe they think uh, I mean football too. But the uh, but I think this goes and and gives perspective on just how difficult a skill sport like baseball can be. And I know it's softball. And I know it's slow pitch softball. And I would never because I'm a big basketball player myself. But I would never belittle what football players do out there with basketball. But I think baseball is the hardest sport to play because of the skill it takes and the, the hand-eye coordination. I talked to DK before he played, and he said, oh, yeah, I'm going to be swinging for the fences. And I told him, DK, <laughs> listen, this is not as easy as it sounds. I said, when was the last time you swung a bat? And he said, before BP, it's been years. And he just expects to get up there, and he was hilarious. He had so much fun when he was warming up the um, actual – uh, batting practice cage was too small for him. So his first swing, when he took his right hand off, his left hand reaches behind him and slams into the metal bars, and he almost took out half of TikTok's legends that were there. I mean, Blake Gray, Noah Beck, and Josh Richards almost got their head taken off. Can you say Pete Carroll if he hits that, his hand on that screen? He's like, we start camping two weeks. What the hell is this guy doing? Uh, I did find Absolutely. it funny. She she got a little, I don't know if she got perturbed, but at one point, Jenny Finch probably saw the 14 airs behind her and said, okay, let's ratchet it up. And she went with the real pitch, and these people were like, what the hell was that? I never saw that pitch. Well, and the funny thing is, from my world, you know, doing country music here in Las Vegas, Kane Brown had just seen Jenny Finch throw the heat, and Kane Brown's an athlete. He, he, he's a competitor, and I don't blame him. He said, bring the heat. I want to <laughs> know what it's like. Don't we all? I mean, wouldn't you want to take a couple pictures from Jenny Finch just to yeah, you kind of understand how good she is? And, and i got to give credit. Listen, I, I think the MVPs, besides Derek White, obviously, who was the ultimate MVP, JoJo Siwa, YouTuber and TikTok mm-hmm. star, shocked me. She was really good out there. She did, and she played. Well, she was she was the influencer. Actually, I know you guys were saying she actually played at, at a travel ball level. I mean, she she definitely looked like right right on her first swing. You're like, okay, she played somewhere, right? You know, and she was taking BP, and I said she's played. She's yeah. not messing around. And these players are supposed to fill out a um, a form before to talk about their softball experience, what positions they would want to play for MLB to then you know use this information as they will. And as you might imagine. 
most of the men have a little bit of egos when they're signing up, <laughs> a.k.a. D.K. Metcalf saying, oh, I'll be fine, it's great, I'm an NFL <laughs> player. And, and quite frankly, you know, some of the females who play, Chase Carter being one of them, she's a, a, a Sports Illustrated swimsuit model, but did you know that she threw javelin for the Bahamian national team, the Bahamas national team, she threw the javelin. So she is an athlete. She made a great catch at first base, but yet she said, yeah, I don't have much, you know, I'm athletic, I don't have much experience. Meanwhile, I'm sure the guys are saying, oh, yeah, put me anywhere, coach. I'll, I'll hit it out of the park. And I've noticed that being humble in this game is going to help you. Uh, does ESPN intentionally make your father stand next to tall hosts and former players? Um, you know, it's funny that you brought that up because my dad in his career with ESPN interviewed a lot of players and there are times where he has stood on soapboxes just to even be able to reach <laughs> Randy Johnson's mouth with a microphone at full stretch up to the top because, you know, that that's that's the reality of being a Kirkshin. I'm the tallest one in my family and I'm five foot six and a half. Okay. All right, Jeff. It's not something I'm proud of. <laughs> get, get out of here, Jeff. We appreciate, we appreciate it. it. Thank Jeff. you for taking some time this morning. You can hear Jeff Kirkshen over on 102.7 The Coyote. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you, guys. Take care. Oh, that's great. Oh, there's some bad players. It they was funny awful. when Kane Braun kind of said, okay, bring it. And she threw like 75 yeah. miles. He goes, okay, go back to the lobby. And and, I can't do this. And from like half the distance oh, of the Oh, yeah, mound, it was too. like you don't even see it. It's like, okay, let, let's go back to where I can see the ball. Did, oh. There used to be a series, uh, maybe it was on MLB Network, where they would just have Jiddy Finch go pitch against like Major Oh, she League pitched against uh, A-Rod. And it was yeah. just like, it was genuinely because the ball would like rise Her on rise him. ball, like, yeah. and he had, yeah, they had he no was chance. Just like, yeah. He looked Hilarious. like a child yeah. swinging under it. Because like it, baseball hitters, and this actually ties into the sticky stuff, baseball hitters are adjusted to knowing the ball is always going to drop. Right. Like, physics makes the ball yeah. drop as it comes to the mound. She's the opposite. Right. You can literally make a softball go mm-hmm. up when you throw it. So, it's yeah, it's going to completely throw you off if you're used to hitting baseballs. I there's an, I might be like DK Metcalf and strike out twice on the slow pitch ones, though. So I was going to ask, Jeff, I really thought the one guy, if I'm the Broncos brass and Von Miller with some of the injuries that, I'd be like, it was like the Eric Howler thing. I'm like, oh, what's that guy out there running around? Like he's sliding. If I'm the Broncos brass, I'm, I'm t- calling down to Todd Hilton. I said, hey, get him out of the game. Like, like it was Howler here, like, uh, blown out the knee. He somehow is stealing second in the celebrity softball game. <laughs> Torn hamstring, <laughs> yes, right? Exactly. Running out of bunt single. <laughs> but, uh, like, DK Metcalf was incredibly oh, bad. It's terrible. Yeah. Oh, is he, yeah, I would have had him bunt and then just steal, like, just, no, no, just turn. Just turn, like, would you get to, yes, I would have had him bunt in a slow-pitch softball game. And then when he gets to first, just well, take second. The second time up, he fouled off the first one. I'm like, oh, he's going to make contact. And then he takes one. And it's like, hey, DK, you, you, you get three. Better, don't don't yeah, take anything. Take. You can't take any. And then he swings to the other one. And you hear him when he goes back to the back to the dugout. Oh, that was a foul ball. Like, he was excited about it. I'm like, what are you doing? Did you know Jeff Passan, MLB reporter for ESPN, was that short? Yes, because I've seen I've been uh, okay. next to him. Yeah, I, yeah. okay. Uh-huh. Oh, he knows him because yeah. he's because yes. he's like as tall as yes. Tim Kirchin, yeah. and I was not aware of that because the o- the only two people during the home run derby yesterday that were like under six foot that were working for ESPN were Tim Kirchin and Jeff Passan. And, and Jeff Passan, I'm convinced if you're going to cover baseball for ESPN because Tim Kirchin exists. You have to be over six foot tall so they can put you next to Tim Kirchner. 
Like, that's the rules, just so they can make fun of Tim Kirkshen's height. I can't believe you didn't ask about, like, do you ever go grab a beer with your dad? I mean, I assume a beer, because <laughs> every Tim Kirkshen, like, drinking story is like, yeah, I had one beer, and then I woke up in a bathtub. <laughs> All right, coming up next, it's Bischoff's Briefs. We got a little bit of UNLV basketball on the show today. Bischoff's Briefs. I'm asking you if you know the difference between right and wrong. I discovered at a very early age that if I talked long enough, I could make anything right or wrong. Bischoff's Briefs. So either I'm God or truth is relative. Bischoff's Briefs. And in either case, booyah. Bischoff's Briefs. UNLV is going to play Michigan in basketball. That's great. In the MGM main event, so it's it's UNLV Michigan in one game, Arizona Wichita State in the second game, and then the winners will play each other, and the losers will play. Isn't each this other. what you wanted though? I wanted Michigan. So here's what's interesting about this: because Michigan, they went to the Elite Eight, they were a top ten team pretty much the entire season. They have the number one recruiting class; like they're more than likely going to be a top ten team this year. It's a, the, the, they're going to be the best team that's at this MGM yes. main event. So the question, if you're UNLV, is do you want to play Michigan? To me, it all depends on how good do you think this UNLV team is. Well, I I mean, on paper, they're not better than any of the other three. Well, no, but I'm saying if you believe that UNLV can make a run to the NCAA tournament, right. you want Michigan because this is going to be a quad one game. Even if you lose by 8, 9, 10, like that's going to help your Ken Palm ranking more than beating Wichita state by two or something like that would because of how highly ranked Michigan most likely is going to be like you, if your goal as a team is to make the instant tournament, if you think this team can do that, you want as many high quality games as you can possibly get. And Michigan is going to be one of the highest quality games that they can play. And so you want that because it's going to help your resume. Even if you lose, as long as you don't lose by 40, even if you lose the game, it's going to help your resume simply having Michigan on your schedule. It helps your strength the schedule. It helps your Ken Palm ranking at the end of the day. So if you think they can make the NCAA tournament, or at least make a run and be close to it, this helps your resume. This is a good thing. But if you're sitting here saying, well, first year for Kevin Kruger, we don't know any of these guys on the roster. This looks more like a middle-of-the-pack Mountain West team. You don't want to play Michigan. Because if that's, if that's who your team is, you're not making the NCAA tournament, so your resume doesn't really matter, and all this game is is a chance to get blown out by 40. Yeah, I don't know. Like I'm I'm tra- even if you don't think you're going, which means you're, you know, you're not going well, you're not as good as any of the three anyway on paper right now. Maybe you'll prove to be who knows what the, that team's going to look like. Even if you don't think you're in tournament, don't you want for your fans and everything to like play Michigan just to play Michigan? I guess like you said the only fear is you lose by 40. That, I mean, that's This I, team is going to be much better, but Marvin Menzies first year they lost by 49 to Duke. Like Grayson, I don't think I don't time. think anybody's looking back and saying, "Oh, at least we got to see them play one of the eh. good teams." Like this, I mean, I'm glad they did. I mean, I tell you what, I thought for sure, without question, because usually they'll help the home team a little. Now maybe there was agreements behind the scene that we don't know about. I thought for sure they're getting Wichita State, and then they're they're going to put Arizona against Michigan. I like I was when you when you tweeted that out yesterday. I'm like, I was happy because I wanted to see him play Michigan. I was shocked. Yeah, I thought I thought they'd get Wichita State too, and then they'd get one one of the the good teams, big teams. So I like, and again, it all depends on your perspective. Me personally. 
I don't know that I think UNLV is an NCAA tournament team. Like, I, we don't know, know, we know anything about them. Anything about them. Right. But I'm glad they're playing Michigan because, A, we get to see it. Right. And, right. Uh, okay, you lost by 32. You guys aren't anywhere close. Or you lost by uh, six. Yeah. Or maybe even you won the game. Yeah. And now, okay, this is a legitimate team. And if, in fact, they have a chance at the NCAA tournament, when they get to February and March, it'll be, oh, that Michigan game will help. And and listen, they could have ended up playing Michigan anyways had, you know, they beaten Wichita State. And, and, and Michigan beat Arizona. Yeah, right. that could have, it could have happened anyways. But now, like, this sets up the opportunity for them to play Michigan and Arizona. Right. Now it would require, you got to match what Arizona does or whatever. If Arizona Wichita loses State's going to have to upset Arizona. Yeah, like you could match and play Arizona, which would be the best two possible teams from this. We'll see what Arizona is. They're a little bit of a question mark, too. But there's a chance Arizona's a top 25 team as well. And you walk out of this event. If you walk out of this event with two top 25 teams on your schedule, again, oh, yeah. even if you lose them, as long as you don't lose by 30, it still helps to lose to good teams. That's why, like, every year when we get to Selection Sunday and there's some Big Ten team that's 17 and 15 that gets into the NCAA tournament over whatever a Mountain West team that won 27 games... It's because they lost a lot of close games to good teams because the Big Ten's going to have eight, nine teams in the top 25, and this team that went 17 and 15 lost almost all of those games, but they lost them all by like yeah. three points. Right. And that that is viewed as a good thing because, oh, you lost to a team that's you know fourth in the country by two points. You're pretty good as a basketball team. Where does this put their – because I know you've kept up on it. I will admit I haven't, but – where does their put their schedule in terms of what you thought? You already knew the teams that were going to be in the tournament, but I like I said, I assumed it was Wichita State. So, where does this put their schedule in your mind in terms of non-con? Yeah, I, to me, it's a big one because I like you look at their schedule right now. UCLA is on the schedule as a home game. That should be a really good one. Um, they go to SMU. They go to San Francisco. Cal comes here. Those are all like those okay, are good, those are good games. games. Like they're not. Right. They're not like, oh my God, that's a great team, but those are all have a chance to help you get in the NCAA tournament. And then you get one of Arizona or Wichita State, which is in that same boat. I've looked at their schedule, what we know of it so far, and thought, okay, you well, probably, UCLA could be tough. Yeah, you probably need maybe one more high level team, like top 20 team on the schedule. And I think Michigan kind of does that because they're not just going to be top 20. It could be top. So could UCLA. They, they could have two top yeah. 10 teams. Yeah. I mean, you could legitimately be talking about two top five teams right. in, the, oh, yeah. in UCLA and Michigan. So I think it goes a long way in helping them where they're going to have two high end opponents. And then you're looking at maybe Wichita State, SMU, San Francisco, and maybe Cal will get there as four sort of average or above average opponents right. that you'll play next year. Maybe you need one more of those. If you can get one more of those it's on good the schedule, schedule for his first year, that's two great teams, five pretty okay. solid yeah. teams. And then, and then, and then you you'll make out the rest. Wins. Yeah. You'll you make out some wins. another, what would that be? Five more yeah. games. That'll be, you know, by wins winnable. Or, yeah, winnable. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there'll be like a WCC team on the schedule. That's not like a complete blowout win. Like it'll be Pacific or something where, yeah, they're favored to win, but they might lose right. to Pacific because right. they've done that in the past. So there'll be some other games on there that are decent teams, but not good great. schedule for his first year. Yeah, I, I think so far so good. Now, if they're, listen, if the next six games on the schedule are all, if it's TJ Otzelberger scheduled Iowa right. State where it's Jackson State uh, and all the SWAC schools, yeah, then we're looking at it saying, okay, what'd you do there, Kevin? But, right. So far, so good, and you know, you had a couple more decent teams. It's, it's going to be a good schedule. It's amazing, given we can sit here and absolutely know nothing. Oh, and that's like, like that's I the have thing. no. If you told me they're this, or you told me that, I'm like, okay, I have no clue what they're going to yeah, be. Yeah, like 
Mike Gramala does a breakdown on every new player. <laughs> Mike Gramala has broken down everyone. Yeah. And the next in line is the guy who gets towels. Yeah, my favorite, he's my favorite thing down everything. is when Mike could text me about how long he spent breaking down James <laughs> Hampshire. And he's like, this isn't worth it. <laughs> that's my favorite thing. But like, he's broken down every player. And anybody that's read those, Mike, who's done those breakdowns, no, I, I don't think any of us can legitimately say, okay, he's going to put do all these pieces right. together and here's what it's right. going to look like. It's an entire new roster, yeah. and even with Bryce Hamilton back, it's an entire new cast around him. Where, how good is this team going to be? I, I could, you could honestly say, I, you could tell me right now, they're going to contend for the Mountain West title. They're going to be one of the top three teams in this conference, and I'd say okay. Or yeah, you could I'd tell s- me they're. Gonna I'd finish say the same ninth. thing. They could finish eighth or ninth. Right, they're going to finish no ninth because none yeah. of these because it's Bryce Hamilton, and right. they haven't been that good with Hamilton as your leading scorer, and all these other guys aren't as good. And I'd say okay. Well. We're sure Bryce is back because they released it. <laughs> it's official. A month after it became official, it became official with a video. <laughs> Still my favorite tweet. <laughs> That's the greatest tweet ever. I texted you right away. Didn't this guy come back a month ago? It's official. Like, what was that huge tweet about that he's back? I thought, my God, I hope he's back. Like a month ago, he said, yeah, I'm back. Oh, Jared. Okay. Also UNLV related. So we have not been able to get the Raiders long snapper. Did either of you see the UNLV long snappers uh, video on Twitter? He's already on the team? Or he's not coming. He's I hope not a he's recru- on the team. No, he's not a recruit. Yeah, yeah, he's already on the team. Okay. He is on the back of a cart. Like that they would like when somebody gets hurt and they gotta put a guy on the back of a cart to drive him His off. His face? No, he no, he physically oh. <laughs> I is, thought it was an NIL thing. No, 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 like, no, you're no, the long no, snapper. No, no, no. We're gonna sponsor you in the back of the cart. He's on the back of the cart. The cart starts driving and he long snaps a ball while on the move into a net. Like he's in his position to long snap. Yeah, yeah. He's long snapping on the back of a cart, and as it's moving, he snaps, uh, whatever, 15 yards away. Goes into a net? Into a net that they had set up. Jared, we have many options open in the next several weeks before training camp. We might be on this guy, please, (laughs) to get the UNLV long snap. You guys have better contacts with UNLV, and one of you is blocked on Twitter. (laughs) Yeah, who who do you think has better contacts? Me? (laughs) Don't tell him I'm on the show. I should reach out for the long snapper? Yes, Ed, please. Can we actually? I know. I know we have failed to get the Raiders long snapper. We should set up a, like a competition between the long snappers. Who we'd get first? No, 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 no. no. Make them do oh. like weird long snapping things. Okay. Like, can you long snap twenty five yards? Can and you see Gruden's face if he walks out at the performance center and some truck is going fifty miles an hour across here <laughs> and his long snapper is in the back trying to snap well, a ball? On, wait. Oh, that'd be awesome. This does this does sort of correspond with my I want to get I want to try to like run back a punt live on the air. <laughs> I'm the moving target. Yeah. <laughs> they're trying or, to they're trying to hit me. With no no no. You stand still. <laughs> we'll give you a helmet, but we'll put yes. like a bottle of water on your oh, head. Oh, that's right. And they've got to knock the bottle it. of water off yeah. your head. How does that sound? Does that work? I mean, it sounds about as good as any of our other ideas. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I know. I we mean, can't like, get the long snapper, but this is when what we did, did he just throw out a video of doing this? Yeah, it was just like on Twitter. today or yeah. recently. Uh, it was yesterday, I think. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, good for That's him. Great. All right. Coming up next, Jeff Erickson joins the show. To see it kind of play out like it has, we're all fans of baseball, and to see something that really hasn't been done in generations is, uh, where in my opinion, it's the best talent ever. Ever in baseball, one through 850, whatever, and for him to be this marquee player, it's, it's remarkable. 
I understand that baseball is an international sport itself in terms of participation. But when you talk about an audience gravitating to the tube or to the ballpark to actually watch you, okay, I don't think it helps that the number one face is a dude that needs an interpreter so you can understand what well, the hell he's saying in this helpful. country. And that's what I'm trying to say. It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Joining us now is Jeff Erickson from Rotowire. Jeff, how are you this morning? Hey, Jeff. Doing great, guys. How you doing? Stephen A. had some thoughts about yeah. Shahei Otani. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's slow news day. This is the sort of thing that pops up. And, you know, it's going to get worse because Wednesday will be nothing going on also. So it'll be either that or, oh, my gosh, we're losing to Australia in basketball. And then finally we'll get yeah. going on Thursday. Yeah, that'll be the whole thing. Fire Popovich. If they, listen, if they lose to Argentina today... I don't think you can argue with it. Let's get rid of them. All right. So, actually, Jeff, before we get into any oh, baseball, God. do you know anything about fake horses? Oh, for God's sake. I do not. Okay. All right. Uh, All right. I was told to be prepared for it, but there, I have no preparation I can do. All right. We'll let you go. We'll let you off the hook. Just get Roto-Wide prepared into the future. You guys are going to need to break down fantasy fake horse races. Uh, just get ready for that. Um, on baseball, um, would you trade Shohei Otani right now in a fantasy baseball league? I could trade anybody if they return us, right? Um, I, I think that's the, always the, the mantra. If you're in a trade league in fantasy baseball, there's a price for everyone. I, I mean, it would be exorbitant with them, especially if you have daily moves and use both his pitching and his hitting. Uh, if you don't, if you have to declare like one at the beginning of the week, there's, it, it changes the value of the equation a little bit. But even then, I'd be very, you know, I, I, there's a price. I would just, you know, I, I, and if, say if I needed pitching really badly, if I were offered the ground for Otani, I would take it. Um, if, if you, I play a couple of the leagues on Yahoo, and they have a, a trade analyzer you can do. Like, trades that have happened on a given day with uh, any given any player. Um, so later in the day, especially, it's pretty handy. There's usually a good volume number of trades. You can see what the market is pretty quickly. Second half is starting. Uh, and c- can you give us – and I'm sure most rosters are set – but who in the first ra- who in the first half really surprised? And is there anyone out there that if you're close, you might be able to make deals on that you think is going to make a push in the second half? Or is it a guy like Bellinger who was horrible in the first half and you can get him for nothing and you just kind of hope he comes back? Yeah, it's all Bilo is always a good play. Um, and in the case of Bellinger, his uh, fantasy manager will probably be willing to do a deal because he's frustrated with the injuries. I mean, there's a you know he's had three of them already this year, and that. Uh, that that be, would be something to encourage them. Yeah, and I would look to try to uh, cash in a little bit on some of my surprise hot stars. Like, I don't think uh, Marcus Semyon, for instance, is a top-five overall hitter, uh, but that's what he's earned so far. Adelise Garcia came out of nowhere. Um, you probably could get a, a decent return from him, especially because he adds some stolen bases to the equation, but he still strikes out so much that he's probably going to decline in batting average over the second half. Are you at all worried about starting pitchers and how many innings they're pitching, given that everybody yeah. is coming off a 60-game season? I'm always worried about pitchers, but I'm especially worried this year. Not just because of the innings, but also, I mean, the crackdown and grip enhancement. We, Garrett Cole came up huge over the weekend, but prior to that, he'd, he'd really struggled. Same with Lucas Giolito. I have, you know, my two most significant teams, I have Cole on one and Giolito on the other, and they almost always pitch on the same day. And, you know, the month of June was really rough. You know, really, really rough. You know, it's just like, ugh. You know, you expect him to go up in the standings three or four points, and 
run the other direction whenever they pitch, and that was really frustrating. Yet, despite all that, Cole's like the fourth most valuable pitcher so far this year. Uh, he was so good early on. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I am you know a little bit concerned about that. Um, and I'm especially concerned on you know, pitchers on teams where, e, A, they're out of it, or, B, that they've got a prohibitive lead uh, that they can kind of tr- try to rest it a little bit down the stretch. There are certain teams, and I'll go with one that uh, just won't go away in the NL West, like the Giants. Like <laughs> Traditionally, like they just won't go away. But I, I, I hate them. They won't go away. Are there guys on that, Posey, whoever, like you're right, okay, much like the overall team that people – Tyler gave out some odds yesterday. People still don't believe them at the books. Are there, are there teams like that where you start looking at their players and saying, it's just not – historically, it's just not going to hold up? Well, sure. I mean, obviously, that you know, no one was expecting him to be this good. No one expected this much out of Kevin Goss, the second most valuable pitcher in baseball so far this year, only behind Degroms. Uh, and he's actually thrown twenty more innings than Degroms, so in a way, he's been pretty darn valuable in that respect too. Uh, but yeah, you expect him to trail off. You know, the funny thing is, you know, for them, their window is supposed to start a year or two from now. Uh, they've got a, a bunch of prospects in the pipeline still that, especially on the hitting side of the equation, are going to be able to contribute more coming up, not coming forward here. But uh, I expect some tail off, and the Dodgers are getting healthier. I mean, hopefully Seager can stop having setbacks there. Uh, you know, Or they could just play Arizona every week, and then they could get well pretty quickly. But that, yeah, I was there on Saturday night for the 22-1 to game. That was surreal. Uh, oh, were you that that game? I was, uh, and, you know, I, I had to t- tell my daughter, don't expect eight homers every game. I, uh, I, I have know, to... But, I have to ask you really quickly, as I just I was at uh, a concert that night. I told Tyus Tyler that they he didn't know. Poolhouse's second home run that had to be like off a shortstop, right? That pitch was like twenty miles an hour. It was Josh Reddick. Uh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. Okay, um, it was like it was it was like a slow pitch softball. <laughs> yeah, and he was just they, every every swing was a rocket, except for Austin Barnes, of course. Uh, he was, uh, he's the only guy that didn't get in the fun. Did you stayed for the whole game? I did. You got to teach the kids a good lesson. You you stay to the finish on a baseball game, right? Uh, plus, no, more treats. So, it's all good. Nice. Twenty-two to one. Whole. Are you staying for the whole game, Ed? Twenty-two to one. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. Absolutely. You know, there's no mercy rule in MLB. Uh, Ed, what's the score that you're leaving if it's the Dodgers losing, though? Two one. Well, here's the thing: is my kids. If it's if it's my Reds that are doing it to the Dodgers, then I'm saying the whole way through. Otherwise, we'll we'll have that conversation. (laughs) Uh, Who had the bigger drop off? uh, Your main Mercedes or Araldis Chapman? Who? Ouch! For what you expected, uh, Chapman. I mean, that's devastating if you have him right now. Uh, and the funny thing is, that, I mean, they went away from him in safe situations recently too, uh, which is kind of scary and makes you wonder, like, how much of this is, uh, you know, how much of this is the grip crackdown on him? Uh, if he was a, he was brilliant for six weeks, or maybe even eight weeks there, and it just all of a sudden just immediately fell off the map. Mercedes, I mean, we kind of expected this. There's a reason why he was a 28 year old making his debut. Uh, you're in Vegas. It appears, correct me if I'm wrong, that there's already been an NFL draft. Uh, there's Christian McCaffrey yeah. as the number one pick. I'm a little disappointed that uh, Raiders wide receiver Devontae Adams went in the second round and Tyreek Hill went first. So, as you went through this, uh, how, how fired up are you? And can you give us any really early insight after this first draft that maybe you didn't think would happen? Or did it go to form with McCaffrey, Barkley, Cook, people like that? Well, Barkley going to was a little bit of a shock. Uh, and so, Rotowire does a conference every year here out in Vegas. We're staying at Aria. 
And we also break. It's a perfect time to get away, recharge your batteries, bring our, our wives out. Um, people can bring their friends. You know, people are right for us. Come out and join us. We usually have about 75 people out here. Uh, so we have about three drafts going on. And, uh, you know, it, it's a old-school standard scoring league, uh, so no PPR. Uh, I was really surprised to see Barkley, too. But then again, I mean, if you really think he was that, you know, he's going to be that guy again, I could see it. Uh, so I was a little surprised. And, you know, it's, it's funny because some of our the people here, they're not, they don't write football for us. They just do baseball or they just do hoops. But they still participate in the draft, so it's a lot of fun. Um, and it's just a good way to kind of kick off our coverage. Uh, of, like, the top seven or eight running backs, any of the ones, like, you most worried about? Like, is Taysom Hill going to wreck Alvin Kamara or are there too many running backs for Jonathan Taylor in Indianapolis? Like, which one is you most worried about? I'm a little bit worried about Kamara. I'm worried about Barkley coming back from a major knee injury. I don't think I really want to touch that. And Kamara, this is keep in mind, this is, it's, he gets hurt by standard scoring a little bit. So much of his value is in the pass-catching game. You worry about Taysom Hill taking away goal-line carries. If he went, and even if uh, Hill doesn't win the starting quarterback job, you know Sean Payton's going to bring him in around the goal line. He just loves to, to screw with us with that. Um, and I'm, I, I'm not buying into Najee Harris in the first round. I think it's a little early for him. Uh, given that Pittsburgh's retooling their offensive line, it wasn't a good run blocking group last year. Uh, maybe the improvements will, will be immediate and they'll, they'll get that together there. But I'm a little worried about that, too. And especially because Roethlisberger is, uh, is now he's morphed into a quick-release sort of guy. He's not going to be scrambling around. He's not going to be like buying time and dumping off. This isn't Love Bell getting like a, a zillion catches. That's just not going to happen. Looks like he got Zeke first. I uh, hope he uh, comes through for you. Um, you waited till the sixth round uh, to get Justin Herbert. Talk about Justin Herbert because people are going to expect like a a bigger jump, even as good as he was last year. I take what he did last year. I'd be happy with that. But keep in mind, they really made a point of improving their offensive line this offseason. Spent their first round pick on Slater. Uh, you know, many people ruled him as or evaluated him as the uh, best offensive tackle in the draft. Um, I, you know, protecting his backside was their priority. I like seeing that. Uh, and they, they did some other reinforcements on the offensive line through free agency too. So I really like what the Chargers did there, um, and I think that they're, they're setting him up for uh, success. It's weird because Zach Wilson went in the 16th round. His mom went in the eighth. So that was that's a very strange <laughs> thing. <Yes. laughs> I don't know who took her, but someone took her in the eighth round. Um, we would like to be the number one sports radio show for dogs. So please tell us about your new dog. Oh, yeah. So we got a rescue. Uh, his name is Harley. He's a good boy. Very good boy. He's uh, about a year old, and my wife gets like emails from uh, her, her colleague who used to work at a shelter. She fell in love with this dog, went to go visit him, and was like, well, it's now or never, because if we don't get him now, then someone else might get him. So we got him, and he's a very good boy. Loves his walks. Uh, very enthusiastic, but very gentle soul, too. Uh, very happy about it. And, you know, you know, rescues, you know, everybody I heard universally says they've had great experiences that, you know, they, they, they're very loving dogs, and so yeah, excited about this. It's we the like, best. We like Harley, the best, too. Yeah. All right. We appreciate it. We expect to hear more about Harley in the future. Thanks, Jeff. We Thanks, appreciate Jeff. it. Take care. All right. Thanks, Thank guys. you, Jeff. Rotowire, com. Get to see all their stuff, every sport. We're gonna, we, it is our challenge not only to be the dog station of sports radio, but to get Jeff now interested enough to do a fake horse Rotowire. <laughs> I, I mean, they, Rotowire does everything else, basketball, football, so, hockey. But, I mean, why not just add the fake horses? So what we have learned today is if you would like Tyler and Ed to completely go all in on a subject, just tweet them or DM yes. them a yes. couple of times. Yes. Yep.
No, it'll work. That's all we need. It'll work. Listen, we got the one guy who is a Jaguars fan who every time we bring up the Jaguars yes. tweets at me, and it makes me want to talk about the Jaguars more. Also because Urban Meyer is going to fail, and it's going to be great. But And Minshew's going to win, a, win the yes. starting job out of camp. Yes, you can absolutely influence this show. Just start showing some enthusiasm for something we I mean, talk about. Listen, we've got three hours to fill, and nothing's going on. So this is the time. <laughs> this just, is. just tweet this us about the, anything, we'll talk about it. perfect time for me to talk about <laughs> fake horses. And I want Rotowire to start breaking this down. Oh, it'd be great if Rotowire, in like six months... Rotowire.com for your fake horse coverage. That would be awesome. <laughs> All right. We have tickets to give away. If you would like to go see Nick Bargatze, uh, we it's a comedy show, by the way. If you'd like to go see Nick Bargatze at Encore Theater. We didn't Google Theodore that during the break. At Win Las Vegas on Sunday, July 18th at 8 p.m. We've got a pair of tickets for you. 702-364-1100. Nick Bargatze, the Rain Check Tour this Sunday at Win Las Vegas, 702-364-1100. We will take caller number four at 702-364-1100. Hey, guys, uh, this is Mike. Don't ignore the panda in the room. Of course, we'd all like to see somebody else manage the shootout, although his last effort in the shootout was successful, as I recall. But what the reason it'll never happen, I don't care who you have behind him, to just put him in for the shootout, is the same reason you don't change pitchers when your star starter loads the bases and he's down two to nothing in the third inning or your starting quarterback throws three interceptions in the first half. Ego. It's about ego. And you don't bruise someone's ego by taking him out just for the shootout. Thanks. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff. You think I like the shootout? So our discussion earlier in the show was about shootouts and if the Golden Knights have Leonard and not Flurry, that they should absolutely take Leonard out of the games next year and put whoever the backup is in for shootouts. I actually don't think Robin Leonard's ego would care. He does no, not. He, he does not he like. Do he's not like good at shootout? it. Yeah. No, he, he wouldn't care. I don't think he would. I do. I honestly think he'd be like, yeah, that's the smart decision. I think Robin Leonard would say, yeah, that's okay. I'm okay with you taking me out for the shootout. I mean, the game's I mean, over, the game's over after this anyway. Yeah. I mean, he'd say it. I don't know if he'd feel it. He'd say it, though. No, I, I think he'd, he'd feel it. He I don't think he'd have an... He, he is, like, admitted that he doesn't like shootouts. And he's one of the worst, like, all time at it. I think he would be, okay, I'm fine with you taking me out for the shootout and putting in whoever the hell the backup is, Logan Thompson. Is Lo- Do we know is Logan Thompson any good at shootouts, Jared? Now, I was just going to ask you what his, what his numbers were. I don't know how many shootouts they had. But... I mean, again, one of my favorite games I watched of the Silver Knights, he had 42 of, like, 43 saves, and they lost. Like, they couldn't even make it to overtime. So it's always a bit confusing with the just watching the AHL in general. Come on. We need Logan Thompson shootout stats. What are we doing? Unbelievable. But yeah, no, I take him out. Um, yeah, so there's Mike. And yes, you can do two things to influence this show. First off, you can tweet at us always. We will we will definitely go off your tweets. But our hotline or our voicemail line, I should say, is 702-720-4678. Mike likes to use it. Mike leaves us a lot of voicemails, but that's a voicemail line. You can call it, leave us a voicemail about whatever you want, and if it's any good, we'll play it. And tell you you're wrong or tell you Come you're right. On. One of the two. Doesn't have to be good. You listen to hold on, hold on. We've talked about okay. fake horses for two if, weeks. If you could bring in a 
random impression that you think you can do, which uh, Mike apparently can, out of nowhere. Um, it like yeah. Do you but, still have that? Okay, yeah. Let me see if I can find it. Okay, before you get to that, I, I should correct myself, Ed. It's okay. <laughs> if you leave us a good voicemail, we'll play it. If you leave us a bad voicemail, we'll play it. If you leave us something in between, is what we're not going to play. Like yeah, just an average voicemail. If but you're if just it's checking great, in, don't check in. Yeah. Just say something. Have if an it's great or if it's awful, we're you playing will play it. it. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Are, are we ready for this? This is I, maybe. Is this today? No, no, this, no, this is, is from. Oh, you you heard this Thursday. This, okay. is, this is one of the best things Mike ever has ever given us. Hey, this is Kareli Kaprizov. Get me out of this bleeping Siberia up here. I no longer wish to play with these HL caliber bleeping players. Send me to Tampa Bay. I play with fellow countrymen. It's warm, like Sochi in summer. And I will teach these fellow countrymen that you do not get drunk on five beers. What the bleep is that about? If you can, if you, even if I, we have no idea if that sounds like a pre-sub. I don't know. Yeah, I don't no, know. What I have no idea. Sounds like. No idea. I didn't. They played the wild. I. I jumped on a few wild zooms, but never Kaprizov. I have no idea what Kaprizov sounds like. No, but uh, that's fine. If if you want to do, if you want to oh, do, listen. If you want to do bad a bad or bad or good, if you do impressions, we'll definitely play you. If you want to do a bad <laughs> Rudy impress, Gobert, you can be an impressive of anybody. Just impress anybody and be do an impression, and we'll play you. Is the least surprising thing that the Tampa Bay Lightning dented the Stanley Cup? No, oh, it's great. That was <laughs> I awesome. think that might be. A- that was awesome. And people getting mad on Twitter. I want to tweet back. Look. When it comes to what's been done to that thing, that is just a very uh, calm thing that they dented the cup. It'll be fine. They'll send it to Montreal. It'll get fixed, and they'll send it back. Do we have any idea how it happened? All no. I've seen is the blurry no. photo of no. somebody from the Lightning still holding it while, I the, mean, while the top is just like the cup is no longer a cup. Kucherov, I believe, was on the back of a jet ski holding it, or maybe the guy. In the, this is what happened. I think the guy in the dri- driving the jet ski was actually holding it, which is not a good thing. You want the guy in the back holding it. So, I have no idea how it happened. I thought it was hilarious. Who? They'll fix it. You know the crazy things that have happened to that cup. You know how many times they probably had to, well, they definitely have to clean the cup. But I mean, you, th- you know how many times they've had to probably fix that thing. Do you know how thing? many strippers I mean, have probably oh, handled the yeah. like? There's that a thing was guy. left on the side of the road. This there is a guy <laughs> whose entire job is to make sure that that thing's taken yes. care of. And there are certain stories that he'll like. He's like, yeah, I can't tell you that oh, until yeah. I retire. Oh, yeah. Do we think that guy does a good job? I think he does the best he can with a bunch <laughs> of drunk hockey players. Weird story. When I was at the paper in San Diego, for whatever reason, I don't know why, I happened to be in there one day. I, it wasn't planned or anything. He brought it in. and I, Maybe it was in town and they were showing it to people. I, I don't know. And he had the white gloves on and you couldn't touch. I'm like, come on, this is a little weird. I'm like, he's like, okay, but he was very. He wouldn't let like you touch it? No, I didn't touch it. I, maybe other people did. I just looked at him. Like, hey, that's cool. It's the Stanley Cup. I didn't really care. But he was very serious. He had the suit on and the white gloves and everything. I'm like, eh, pump the brakes. Yeah, that is. That it was, was very strange how weird he was. That part it. of the job that he always wears a suit is a little strange. And the strange. white gloves, yes. I feel yes. like you can I, you can wear some gym shorts and a t shirt yes. and walk around with a You Stanley can be Caprice off with no shirt on. Yeah. Like. I think you can get rid of That is not how, like, if we are in the only profession where our job does not require us to. Even Ed wears a suit to a freaking <laughs> press conference. Well, it's Ed's fault. I just. Yeah. <laughs> it's my fault. Yeah, that's your fault. I, I, I just thought that was it. weird. I remember that was a long time ago, but he walked in with that. And I'm like, who's this guy? He goes, oh, he got the Stanley Cup. I'm like, why does he have gloves? On? Jared, Nikita Kucherov is wasted, and this guy's got to wear oh, yeah. a suit on a and jet gloves. ski. 